Hello. Like... <laughs> <laughs> For those who didn't see it or didn't hear, Haley did a little clap <laughs> to initiate like, the beginning. It's like a like the director's things. That's <laughs> what my hands are. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and welcome back to Mystery Mountain. Ooh, that's cool. Thank you. <laughs> uh, it's our fifth episode. How do you feel? Pretty good. We're going to be I'm... starting school soon. A kindergartner. I was so confused. <laughs> I was like, I am in school right now. <laughs> we got to send know. our child off to school. At 10 weeks old. <laughs> like we have five episodes but that doesn't mean it's like five years old <laughs> nope that's how podcast time works Sierra. oh okay sorry i'm still new at this yeah i know <laughs> it's it's outlived your other podcast that's very that true means i'm the best co-host uh, yeah i would say so just a little competitive so how have you been what have you been up to anything fun uh well, the weather's finally nice, so same. Been able to spend time outside. Yeah. Other than that, sort of wrapping up this rotation nice. for my foot, my PhD. <laughs> I was like, pardon. <laughs> I was like, of your foot. I <laughs> <laughs> What about you? Um, I probably don't have cancer. That's my biggest update. <laughs> probably not not for sure though it's like a it's like probably not oh my god Haley. hey she said cancer doesn't get smaller and i said mind you sometimes my lymph nodes de-swells and she's like but it's probably not and then she was like how much weight did you lose and i was like a bit and she was like mm. this isn't making me feel like a lot better <laughs> maybe we can get grandma to send you some more newsletters about kids with cancer that won the rodeo. Winning the rodeo! Oh my. Okay. So for anyone who doesn't know this story, although I think most of our listeners know us very well, but for anyone who doesn't know this story. So when I was a kid, I had these back problems that like, I don't know, they like impacted my life, but not like hugely. It's not like I was chronically ill. I just was like in pain a lot. And I guess that is kind of the definition of chronically yeah. ill, but whatever, it's fine. <laughs> and so my grandma would send me clippings from the newspaper. Like she would cut them out for me of kids with like cancer winning the rodeo to like cheer me up, I guess. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Well, but it was the other quirky. thing was like your doctor had said it might be cancer. Yes, yes. And so it like freaked everyone out more because they're like we don't want to think it's cancer and then she was like it is <laughs> but you can still win the rodeo but you can still win the freaking rodeo i it was not <laughs> cancer to let anyone who know who doesn't know but it was quirky of her to latch on to that fact that was good iconic iconic you know what? I'm so happy that someone was reading the newspaper, saw a kid with cancer winning the rodeo, and was like, that's Haley. Like, that's Haley. Remembering a core memory. That was a core memory, for sure. For, for sure. Well, I'm like, I guess I can get into it. Hop yeah, on in. Other stories than weird families <laughs> stories. Yeah, I mean, we have more, we have 
we have mysterious stories, not kids with cancer winning the rodeo stories. <laughs> All right. Let's get into it. So, we're still in the big NY, New York, but we've, we've sped up in time. I feel like every episode in New York, we've, like, jumped 20 years in the future. This is more than 20 years because yours was in the 70s. And, we um, jumped 20 years in the future? <laughs> no, 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 like, like mine We're was like anticipating people who go missing. <laughs> Dude, then we just caused them to go missing. Like, I feel like that's pretty. <laughs> this is the biggest plot twist. <laughs> no, 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 like we, like we. No, it wasn't. I don't even remember when my case was. Never mind. Maybe ignore that whole thing. I'm saying we're we. This is past the 70s when your case was but 20 years plus 20 years yes that's what i was saying that 97 plus 20 is not 2018 which was not good math on my part but it was quick math and i think rounding (laughs) rounding gets you to 50 so the moral of that whole um quick maths was that uh my story takes place in 2018 okay so Danny Philippidis, Philippidis? That is what I assume how to pronounce it. I literally watched news videos and no one said his name. And I was like, it's because everyone else didn't know how to say it too. <laughs> Sorry. Pete <laughs> just was like, was like stretching his paws and he was like, <laughs> and I was like, hello, <laughs> what are you doing? He's getting ready to wig. He saw you he, were recording and he was like, God, they right, both do. Time to sprint. Okay. So Danny Philippidis, that I will refer to as Danny from now on because I do not know if I'm pronouncing his last name right. Okay. He is a firefighter mm-hmm. from Toronto, Canada, who works for the Toronto Fire Services. Um, I got mixed messages of if he was 49 or 50 at this point, but I'm going to say 50. Okay. Round and even. So they're like, they're... Toronto Fire Services, they all take an annual trip to Lake Placid, New York to ski. Like every year, that is what annual means. Didn't need to reiterate. It's fine. Boy, we are on something today. (laughs) So, Whiteface Mountain Resort uh, is where they stay. And they've been doing this like for a bit. It's not like Mm -hmm. they, it's not like every year they switch up which resort they go to. This is, this has been the thing. Mm Mm-hmm. This is a reasonably sized and well-known ski resort too. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's not like they're like, here's a mountain. <laughs> Let me ski down it. No, like this is mm-hmm. a ski resort and has like infrastructure as mm-hmm. such. So they were at the very end of their ski trip. Some of the group had actually already left to return home. And so this was February 7th, 2018. Everyone had stopped skiing um basically by around 2:30, but Danny and one other dude were still on the mountain. Okay. So Danny was like, I forgot my cell phone in my car and wanted to go to the bottom and go pick that up to document like the end of the trip, right? Yeah, yeah. Totally makes sense. Yeah, completely fair. So he told, you know, the group that he was with, I think it was just him and one other dude, but I think there was also still a group of firefighters who had already made it down to the lodge and was just hanging out there. Hmm. So he told everyone that he would just go get it and then he'd meet them in the lodge area. Another ski buddy who was still on the mountain with him, the only other person on the mountain with him at this point, was going to meet him at the bottom from mid-mountain. So they weren't at the same place. The The only other person skiing at that point. 
was like mid mountain where Danny was still up the top. Okay. And his car was up top? His car was at the bottom. Okay. So they were all going to collect down at the bottom of the mountain. Okay. But this is just a little bit of logistics. And this was like a little fuzzy, the information that people gave, because it's truly not the most important part of the story. Mm -hmm. But that's what I kind of picked, that it was him and one other guy were still skiing, that they had separated. The other guy was mid-mountain now. He was at the top, but everyone's going to meet together at the lodge. Mm -hmm. So he never arrives. We're jumping right into it. His skis and boots were found at the lodge at the bottom of the mountain. But no one his saw car him. was still parked where he had last left it with his cell phone inside his car. So he never got his, his cell phone. So they, the guys were like, okay, we'll wait a little bit, like the people meeting him. And at about four o'clock, they reported him missing to the White Face Mountain staff. Mm-hmm. So pretty reasonably fast. Yeah. If 2.30 is about when people, when he was going to ski down. Because mm-hmm. it's not like you can ski down a mountain in two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. So they immediately began a search, which is honestly not very common for a lot of our stories. Like an official search? Yeah. Okay. They had canines, helicopters, over 7,000 man hours from hundreds of volunteers, Mm -hmm. the Department of Homeland Security, New York State Police, the New York Department of Conservation, which Mm -hmm. if we remember from my last story of Douglas Lake is who they put in charge of searches in New Mm -hmm. York State. Mm-hmm. U.S. Customs and Border Protection, as well as officials from Toronto, came mm-hmm. and helped with this search. I mean, so that's huge on a lot of yeah. government officials for a short response time. Yeah, I was kind of curious, since you had said he was from Toronto, how that kind of works out if, you know, not a U.S. citizen goes missing in the U.S. Yeah, it sounds like definitely like the U.S. wasn't like, oh, rough. <laughs> well, I would hope not. <laughs> Mm, they might (laughs) but the toronto like definitely toronto officials came too but Mm -hmm. most of the search was done by um u.s officials Mm -hmm. understandably yeah so if people don't know anything about east coast skiing it's icy as fuck and so the steep and icy terrain made the search very challenging this is the Colorado coming out of Haley. <laughs> <laughs> There's also a huge snowstorm that occurred during that search period that dumped several inches inches in the area during the search. So like, you know, if there was any footprints or evidence that could very easily get buried. Hmm. Um, so the search lasted for six days. And despite like this really large search, it it, it turned up nothing other mm-hmm. than like them finding his ski boots and like his but his car was already there like i don't think that's like new evidence i mean it's new because like his phone was still there so there's <laughs> the idea what sorry fair just went at <laughs> okay sorry please continue i mean th- what i was going to say was they did find the car and that is evidence because like his cell phone was still in the car so they know he didn't like reach that yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, yes. That's like, but just those pieces, two pieces of evidence isn't a lot to No, find. it's not a lot. Yeah. Do not hiss at him. <laughs> he is not messing with you. Okay. Is she listening Anyways. to you? Uh, she's, she stopped hissing at him, but okay. Yeah. So despite like this, that the search turned up nothing and 
other than like that those two pieces of evidence found originally Mm -hmm. police claim they had no reason to suspect he is still like he's not still on the mountain so -hmm. there's no evidence leading to him leaving this area yeah but bonkers six days later Mm -hmm. danny's wife receives a call from danny Mm -hmm. on february 13th she urged him to call 911 and at that very same time the Sacramento police get a call about suspicious a suspicious person at the rental car section of the Sacramento International Airport. What? That person was Danny. What? <laughs> so he is now in Sacramento, <sighs> California. How? <laughs> when he was found, police state that he was very disoriented and mm-hmm. in need of medical assistance. Mm-hmm. He was found alone. With no identification, he did have a credit card on him, but his credit card, he had that on him when he had gone missing. It's Uh not like it was a new credit card. He had a new haircut and a new iPhone. What? But was still wearing his ski gear, even his helmet and goggles. What? Yeah. So, (laughs) pardon? Uh Yeah. Maybe he took your advice. He was like, you know what? The skiing here isn't that great. And he's like, I'm going to the West Coast. So very, very odd. Yeah. So here is Danny's account of what happened in those six days. He remembers falling. Okay. And losing consciousness and waking up in a cold place, feeling disoriented. At this point, he was still on the mountain. At least that's what they think. So we think, yeah. Yeah. He... Travels down to the ski lodge, but it's empty and abandoned. Which it should never be, Which I'm it guessing. wasn't. <laughs> yeah. He then claims he flagged down a truck. Uh-huh. But the problem with that is the only road close to the ski resort is Route 86. And it doesn't really have truck traffic. Huh. Especially not interstate truck traffic. Okay. And how he even got from the ski area into the truck is very unclear. Yeah. But he does remember climbing into the warm cab of a bed or of like a truck. So that tells me it's like an 18 wheeler, you know, not like a. Like pickup truck. Yeah, exactly. So he cannot describe the truck or the trucker. Okay. Only claims that he flagged someone down. The next thing he remembers is being at a truck stop. Mm-hmm. which he was told and he felt very sick and he was told that it was in utah jesus then the what? next thing he remembers after that is the trucker let him know that they have reached the end of their journey and they were in sacramento <sighs> this would have been a 45 hour road trip uh-huh which of course can be done in the time frame that he gives but is still bonkers yeah I mean, so I mean there's so there's so many questions like did he actually get in a truck is this like a false memory was like yeah the person like drugging him and like if not what is he doing driving him to Sacramento like yeah you find someone on the side of the road and be like okay I'll drop you off at the nearest gas station if that like no the, I'm not picking up anyone <laughs> and the other weird thing too is in Utah, he says he felt so sick, all he could do was go back to sleep. Yeah, that kind of makes me think he's, like... Drugged. I mean, he could be drugged or, like, had a concussion. Like, a severe concussion because he didn't mm-hmm. lose consciousness. So, when he gets to Sacramento, 
he says he wanders the city for a day Mm -hmm. unsure how to like contact anyone Mm -hmm. and then despite not having any identification and being in ski gear purchases a new iphone Mm -hmm. which is those big purchases rarely do they just let people do that yeah where did he get what without like identification or anything especially if you're like in ski gear in sacramento i'd be like pardon yeah because usually like it's like you have to like start a whole plan and everything then yeah then for a whole nother day like after buying that he was unable to remember his wife's number so he traveled to the sacramento airport i guess okay I mean, I don't, I don't want to like judge his thought process because clearly he wasn't in. Yeah, no, I'm not judging state him. Of mind. It's just, it's just weird. This whole story is so odd. Yeah. So he makes it to the Sacramento airport and remembers his wife's number, and then that's when he's found. Oh my god. And so this is a quote from one of the the police officer who found him in Sacramento. Is I don't want to say it was a cold case. It was a missing persons case. We found him. Technically, he found himself. What the hell? Because the police officer, because he didn't have any identification, didn't believe him at first. Well, yeah, I don't blame him. So that's the story. Jesus I mean, I have Christ. theories and stuff to get into, but that's all the information we have. What? So there's no corroborating information. He doesn't even remember, like, getting a haircut. Yeah, <laughs> yeah wait, where did that? What happened there? <laughs> He just had one. Like, was like, he wandering an- around Sacramento? Was like, I need a haircut. Or was like, <laughs> the like, trucker right, like, this guy needs a haircut because I don't want people like identifying him. <laughs> it, yeah, very strange. So here is just one, like a few of the theories. Mm-hmm. So I'm going from logical to illogical. <laughs> I'm down with that. So the first one is that he. So he did get have like a head injury when he was found. Yeah. That's a fact. We don't know what that head injury was. He just reported to like news agencies that he did suffer a head injury. Mm-hmm. But like I could have put that much together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the biggest theory is he had amnesia from a concussion. Mm-hmm. He took a wrong turn when looking for his car and actually ended up at the abandoned ski lodge which was the children's hub which was a different ski lodge which was closed at the time okay that would make sense my only issue with that is his skis and boots were found at the original lodge yeah so i don't know like unless he took them off and someone brought them down yeah which could have happened we don't really know yeah But so that was one of the theories is that he was there. Then he somehow stumbled onto Route 86, just kind of disoriented, not sure. Mm -hmm. He flagged down a trucker and the events that he claimed happened, happened. And I do want to say that his story never changed. Yeah. He reported the same story every single time. Yeah. He hasn't like regained any memory. Yeah. Or anything. Yeah, or he hasn't recanted anything that he said. Mm-hmm. So that's the prevailing theory, mm-hmm. is that that's what happened. As I said, my only issue with that really is his skis and boots being found in a different location. Yeah. Because he was, like, wearing them. Yeah, that would be... I mean, my only guess would be, like, sort of, like, 
kind of confused logic of like I can't walk with these on. I'm taking them off. Yeah. And, and the someone... other sorry, go ahead. Oh, and then someone would bring them down, but even then I would think like if someone brought them down, they'd be like, "Hey, I've these skis and boots like somewhere on the mountain." Yeah. And the other thing too is I could think is from his like if he had a severe enough brain injury, like maybe he thought that the ski lodge was empty when it wasn't like his memory was messed up from that but then i feel like someone would have seen him but someone would have seen him if his whole like group was down there yeah not that i mean i don't know how the size of the ski lodge and everything like that but it just still seems odd i mean there's so many questions throughout all of this where it's like how did this like clearly confused man wander through the streets for so long and like no one noticed that's the thing too. I feel like if he made it to the original ski lodge, people would have been like, he looks like he's really confused. He's kind of messed up right now. Because if someone like, I mean, I guess he was in ski gear at the Sacramento airport, but you know, I still feel like someone would have noticed that something was off with him. Mm-hmm. So the like other part would be like, yeah. sir, are you okay? Yeah. And no one did, I guess. So the other issue with the head injury idea is that amnesia from a concussion usually lasts at a very maximum 48 hours, mm-hmm. not six full days. Mm-hmm. So obviously, yes, there can be extreme cases, but if the extreme cases are usually two full days and his was six, yeah, that's, I mean, it's not impossible, but it's improbable. Mm-hmm. So the other thing that scientists or medical officials on this case have said it could have been is a dissociative fugue state, Mm. which can be triggered by head injury and isn't necessarily amnesia caused by the head injury because it can also be triggered by an emotional trauma, Mm -hmm. like a recalled trauma or any traumatic event. It essentially causes short circuit of a person's memory. Mm-hmm. And there have been cases cited where people have traveled in that fugue state before, mm-hmm. where they just are unsure and they just start going somewhere to like kind of figure out. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard to explain because it's obviously a very unexplainable event. It, it's and, not and it's, very well understood. Yeah, no, it's not. We know it exists. Mm-hmm. And it's not a physical short circuit. Like it's not a physical injury to the brain that causes it. But those do have you know they they last longer they're not necessarily like the 48 hours kind of cut off Mm -hmm. so that could be it but sometimes it kind of feels like those kind of explanations are just we are looking for an explanation and we give one Mm -hmm. like oh goodness you know like the salem witch trials what is that called mass hysteria in the same way i feel like mass hysteria always feels like just a blanket we don't really know what's happening so we're putting this word on it you know what Mm -hmm. i'm saying that's kind of how i feel this i don't feel like it really explains anything it just puts a word to it yeah but maybe i just don't understand because i'm not a medical professional (laughs) so no i get it i mean i also don't know like if there's any other markers of an emotional fugue state or Mm -hmm. what that would entail yeah it's Um, If they could even, like, match that up with anything in his story. Because, like, I would imagine if there's no one else to, like, corroborate his story. Then how could they even cite that he was... That he had these, like, traditional signs. Yep. So it's kind of... That's the other thing that it's hard. Is because no one can say his story is right. And we clearly know he's an unreliable narrator in this. Mm -hmm. 
it's hard to say much of anything. Mm -hmm. So our second, I guess like, I guess that was like 1.5 is the dissociative fugue state because it still Mm -hmm. follows the same path. But our second theory, major theory, is alien abduction. (laughs) So, How many theories do we have if this is like we're going from most logical to illogical? (laughs) We have one more after this. (laughs) Okay. The second theory, alien abduction, is that he wasn't picked up by a truck. And that's why he can't remember anything about the truck. Mm -hmm. It's that he was picked up by an alien spacecraft, but then either he replaced that memory with a truck or the aliens replaced that memory with a truck. Mm-hmm. Obviously there's like, no, like he doesn't think that's it, but there have been other cases that are similar to his where the people have said I was abducted by aliens. Mm. And that's kind of, I think why people associate because it is similar to some other missing persons cases where they like disappear and reappear like a week later. Yeah. And have this weird amnesia. With, like, no trace. Yeah. And the fact that he can't remember, like, the trucker at all or the truck at all. I don't know. I, I don't see that as, like, a alien kind of thing. I My mind goes more to, like, a true crime thing where it's like, what the hell was this trucker doing to him? Yeah. And I know that's, like, terrible. But honestly, my thought is, like, you know, when he was saying he was sick, like, was he drugging him? Yeah, because honestly, carting there, him across the country, there wasn't like there wasn't any theories that explicitly said that, but I don't think it's something that people haven't thought of before or police haven't. But the thing is, police can't investigate that at all because there's literally no way for them to track down the trucker. Yeah, I mean, did they find anything in his system? I guess they didn't. From what really I look. heard, no. But the thing is, he was dropped off two days. That's fair. Yeah prior because if he claims he looked for he got the new phone and then a day later called his wife that's two full days in sacramento that i feel like whatever was in his system would probably be mostly gone i mean like and, yes and no it, it would probably depend. yeah it would depend on what he was drugged with if he was drugged but then there would also be the question of like why did the trucker just let him go then yeah so that's the weird thing too is if it was like a situation where it was someone a bad person doing bad things why did he let him go and why was there no other signs of injury so it, it's just weird yeah the final theory is that he teleported <laughs> there's literally nothing to this it was like literally someone's like no he just teleported man <laughs> they're like government agencies were testing what which I don't believe for one like second. Project Pegasus? Yeah. <laughs> they were like, that's why the Department of Homeland Security was involved. And I'm like, no, probably because he was a foreign person that went yeah. missing. Not because they were, they were testing teleportation. What? Yeah. So. Is it also, is there any thought that Loki, maybe he was lying, like had like a break, was like, I just need to get away from everything right now. Yeah, some people said he was going to go marry a foreign woman, but no one knew the foreign woman that they cited, and Ooh. none of his, like, like his friends were like, that would happen. Like, he was married with two kids and seemed happy. 
but that was one thing that people were like yes he was escaping to a different life but that one was pretty much crossed out because mm. i mean he consistently told the same story he was genuinely confused when he was found mm-hmm. and he immediately called his wife yeah so so weird yeah i mean i guess the one good news the one good news the good news <laughs> of this case is um he still skis regularly i don't think i would no me either he's he says he still I think loves I'd be it a buddy for like everything from now on like i know happens again um he remained under medical care but has no lasting effects from his head injury huh. uh he returned to work mm-hmm. and basically he says you know it was a very stressful time for me and my family and i just don't really want to talk about it any further because i just want to grow and you know grow from this and be with my family but basically other than there is some trauma obviously with not knowing what happened to you for six days yeah but basically it sounds like from what he has said that you know him and his family are fine Mm -hmm. and he's thankful that you know he was found and treated well and everything turned out okay so you know one the our only really good ending (laughs) story yeah and you can watch interviews with him online where he just says yeah i don't really know much of anything i mean like good but like definitely living up to the mystery part yeah no i this this story i really liked because it's just what the hell happened that's the thing that even if he did just like get a ride from a trucker that is weird to me yeah if i was a trucker and a dude who was clearly confused wearing ski gear showed up to my truck i'd be like yeah let's go to the police dude at the very least like let me drop you off at a gas station or something yeah so the fact that he took him all the way make sure you're not my responsibility maybe he was like an Amazon, like... It's like, I gotta get it delivered in two days. Yeah, like... <laughs> they said they needed this now. <laughs> yeah, I... That's... I just... That's the thing, is, like, with... You know, I think that his story, the aspects he remembers are probably mostly true. hmm But it's still confusing. It, yeah, yeah. And it you still would is think confusing. that the trucker would come forward. Again, that's like, well, did like something a little more insidious happen? Yeah, or they don't want to be ridiculed for being like, oh yeah, I just drove them to. Yeah, that would be my other thing. That's fair. I could get that. Some people just don't want to be in the public's eye like that, but it's just weird. And there's no real. The I think the weirdest thing about this story is every other story that we've talked about so far. It's that they were never found, or they were found dead. Mm-hmm. and obviously you can't get answers when you can't talk to the person mm-hmm. but this time we literally have interviews with the person and we still don't know what happened yeah and it was so recent that there's like like at this in 2018 there's like obviously security footage and stuff like that and like yeah. you would think he'd be seen at whatever truck stop or whatever but there's just no info or and maybe like the, the haircut just... <laughs> like where... yeah <laughs> and maybe the... the police just didn't look into it that much but i, I don't know. know like that's the other... like if someone came in and was like i need a haircut but it was like clearly very disoriented too i'd be like are you okay 
I, I would call someone. Yeah. Would call 911. Yeah. Odd. I don't know. I, I mean, like, it kind of goes back to that dissociative fugue state. Like, I don't know how, like, functional someone is. Yeah, I don't state. either. So nice. maybe he seemed completely, like, he was in that state, but seemed completely fine. Let's look at dissociative fugue symptoms. Let's learn together. Let's learn. This is something I should have looked up before, but I was finishing my notes just a second ago. Symptoms of dissociative fugue might include sudden and unplanned travel away from home, inability to call, recall past events or important information about the person's life, mm -hmm. confusion or loss of memory about their identity, possibly assuming a new identity to make up for the loss, extreme distress, and problems with daily functioning. Oh, that's the distress because of the fugue episodes, like not being able to remember. Oh. Oh, I forgot to mention, he did not abuse drugs or anything like that either mm -hmm. i mean i figured i i would have thought that that would have been like one of the theories yeah i would have been like yeah and he was a drug addict <laughs> no he was not he was on the so, straight and narrow yeah so yeah that doesn't really seem to help much there are no lab tests to diagnose this because it's not mm -hmm. like physical oh and he had no history of mental disorder either uh-huh because that's another thing that can, if people have a mental disorder, they're more likely to have a dissociative fugue state. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean like because he ha didn't have one, he, or didn't have a history of one, that he wouldn't, couldn't have one, you it's, know? It's just something that is more likely then. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it does sound like they're distressed. It's interesting that it says you can possibly assume a new identity. Yeah. That would kind of make sense then. Yeah. And obviously we don't know if he did. Because mm -hmm. no one's come forward. Mm -hmm. Well, and also, like, how would you know? Like, unless you saw, like, one of his interviews and were like, oh, I was the guy that sold that him, him a phone. And he said his name was Robert McDonald or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, for sure, for sure. And, like, also the thing, Toronto doesn't, has, doesn't really have, like, the Canadian accent that we think of as Americans. Mm -hmm. So that's the thing, too, is, like, I think... You know, hearing that he was Canadian, people might think too that oh, well, he would clearly stick out then. But well, I think I think the ski gear would make you stick out. I think, I think the ski the gear would make thing. you stick out. Maybe Sacramento's just quirky, and that's not that odd. Like, if someone has an accent, I'd be like, okay. But like, someone walks in <laughs> to buy a phone in ski gear, I'd be like, I'm saying though, what? if you have an accent and you don't have an ID, that's fair. That I mean, would be I guess. weird. But that was the case of Danny. I'm not going to say his last name. That's wild. I almost wish there were answers for him, you know? It would. I just imagine being him, and I would be... I'd be terrified. I'd be a scared bean. I'd be terrified it was going to happen again. I mean, just to think, like, something might have happened to you is scary. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Just... I feel like losing memory is also very scary. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And so it's like... Jarring in and of itself, even if nothing happened. Yeah, that's, I agree. Well, we have a Twitter that I'm trying to find the account information of because I never look it up ahead of time. I'm unprepared. So we have a Twitter at MysteryMTNPod and an email at MysteryMountainPodcast at gmail.com. So you can follow us. 
you can shoot us a little little email suggest stories suggest stories yeah if you have one that you're like this is a spicy case let us know we like spicy cases tell us how much you like us tell us that you love us more than anything else on this earth tell us if you know anything about danny philip what was his last name Mm, danny (laughs) okay tell us if you know anything if you were the truck driver um let us know what was going through your mind in that moment yeah if you're the truck driver please tell danny as well if you're the truck driver send us an anonymous email and i won't tell anyone don't i won't i maybe will (laughs) i'll maybe send it to danny (laughs) i might send it to danny but that's it just danny all right thank you guys so much for listening and we will review us on itunes the way this is such a disorganized episode yes do that too (laughs) it's because we're not doing it at like 10 p.m true the light is disorienting i don't thrive in light i thrive in darkness (laughs) so yeah (laughs) bye